Hello and welcome to the 250, your weekly slash fortnightly slash periodic movie podcast. I'm Darren. I'm Andrew. And this week we're talking about Cinema Paradiso, the classic 1989 Italian film that won the Best Foreign Language Oscar, exploring nostalgia and cinema. Yes, and and, and welcome to the podcast where, where, where you get more slashes. Um, than anybody really needs except for the hardcore Kirk and Spock fans. But anyway, so Andrew, what did you make of Cinema Paradiso? I I quite liked it. I I have quite liked it. This movie reminded me of of why I I, I believe this might have only been the second time I'd seen it. And I I I think it's a lovely um movie and I don't think it's it's um well, I suppose before I go on, what do you think of it? Well, this is this is interesting because this is a movie that I recall watching from my own childhood. Because um, I remember that Cinema Paradiso was part of the Irish Leaving Cert curriculum, which for any international listeners we might we might have is our end of secondary school exam cycle. Oh yeah. Um, so it was it was one of those one of the great things about the cycle is it invites you to study all sorts of media. So you do obviously you do plays. You have a big Shakespearean play. You have maybe an Irish play as well, like Playboy of the Western World, I think was on yeah. the junior cert, that sort of stuff. And then you also have room for other stuff. So you could do a novel like Wuthering Heights, which is terrible, or To Kill a Mockingbird for a junior cert, which is great. And you could also do a feature film. And there are some interesting, genuinely interesting choices on there. Like, for example, my sister did it this year and she did The King's Speech, uh, which would be another sort of prestige piece. I mean, those people who program the Leaving Cert really know what kids like. <laughs> uh, but I know I, 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 I did Strictly Ballroom, I think. Oh, the Baz Luhrmann one. Yes, which is actually yeah. probably much hipper and cooler, I think, than than Cinema Paradiso or the King's Speech. Witness, not, not a big fan of Baz Luhrmann, to be honest. Really, uh, but but like I get that it's a kind of an aesthetic that's not that that that's consciously um, that's unique, kitsch, and yeah, yeah. yeah. That 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 it just so happens that it's not something that I that registers with you exactly. Like like having said that, I like other directors who have that um who, who have some of those stylistic sensibilities. Parts of Almodovar, or, um, I guess you could you could kind of um, create a sort of a, a link there, almost yeah, in terms yeah, of style yeah. or aesthetic. At least a, a kind of a string connecting them. Yeah. And, the sort of like quirkiness, so, sort of high yeah, energy quirkiness, yeah, as opposed yeah, yeah. to Wes Anderson, like, which is more of a sedate kind of um, soap opera kind of sensibility, but lots of bright colors and energy yeah, yeah. and that sort of stuff. And I mean, I, I think Witness, even to to pick a, a more basic example, is is on there as well. That's the one where, um, again, another Best Picture nominee, where Harrison Ford goes off into mm. an Amish community um, as an undercover police officer. So I actually really, really appreciated that. Like our, our our education included film, and I think it's it's yeah. very cool to have that because at the end of it, you'd be asked to write a comparison essay between the various texts that you'd studied. We 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 had transition year as well because Darren and I went to school together, and then I abandoned Darren. That's yeah. a lot of my emotional issues. I think. But to this I mean, day. it was all worth it because we got to see uh, dances with wolves in transition year, which is good. I For like, and the funny thing about transition year is it adds up to nothing. It makes no sense whatsoever. I did not I, do I, transition like, year. No, transition like, year for those who are not studying in Ireland is designed to teach you to integrate into the outer world with subjects that are not necessarily related to the school curriculum, but make you a well-rounded individual. So you can learn computer exactly. skills it's, or driving. It's the whole idea of a liberal education, and, and it's terrible. What? 
No, not not the idea of a liberal education, but transition year. I'm not convinced of it as a as a philosophy based on talking to people who've been through it. Like, I'm not sure. Would you describe your transition year experience as worthwhile? Absolutely, one hundred percent. Welcome to the Darren and Andrew Talk Irish Education <laughs> Podcast. Okay, well that's good. I cause... think it depends on how much you um you 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 can take out of it. I think if 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 you have a school with a good program and you really grab it by the horns, then um I think you you can you you can ga- gain a lot from it and i i think it makes sense in a world where we're no longer being um educated for the um for the sake of um industry yeah as 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 and when i say industry i mean tertiary industry where you, where you, where you're um, no that's not correct yes yeah, um, no it, like um you're not being you're for mechanized industries yeah, yeah like for, exactly. for conveyor belt work for factory work that yeah, sort of yeah. stuff for where where you're on on a conveyor line where you're turning stuff over that's, that's this week we're, we're <laughs> talking and about the cinema parties education and the economy almost um but yeah so this is this is where my memory of cinema parties comes from because I, I would have studied it in school and i thought it was a very good thing to study i thought it was very worthwhile that said, I am um, maybe not as I love the movie a lot. I think it's fantastic. I think it's beautiful. I think it's emotional. I think it's very well staged. But and there's a big but coming here, and, and I cannot any, lie. Anything that people say before but is 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 hard. Um, to quote the philosopher Stark. Yeah. Um, but yes, I I like it a lot. I love it. I think it's fantastic in many ways. I think it's beautiful. I think it's an ode to cinema, uh, and it's a very romantic ode to cinema. And here's that word that that renders all of the stuff, all the nice stuff I just said, completely meaningless. Right. But I think that maybe it's a little bit too nostalgic for me. Maybe it's a little bit too saccharine. Maybe it's a little bit too like too lost in in, in its sense of past and its sense of of kind of like uh, looking back over things. I, I think that maybe yeah. it's it's a little too mournful and a little too sweet for me in places. You you see, I I think it's quite possible to have the thing is that i'm not sure it's it's possible to have something that is that that is too sweet or is 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 too mournful or is um is um too too much of one thing if you're able to create a balance in the movie with 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 other aspects and if um you're able to in an artful or convincing or captivating way that that's that that a movie can be a kind of an epitome of 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 a certain kind of thought or feeling, and and that it, and that's and that this is kind of what what this movie is in in a large way. It is a kind of encapsulation of of all of that nostalgia and um, some of the uh, sweetness of life. But I think there is a balance in the movie with um glimpses of um uh cynicism and um uh pain i guess all right i we don't want to get too spoiled because we're going to talk about this in more depth no no but i i do think that a lot of that cynicism was taken out to the point where there are obviously different versions of the movie you know there are three different versions there's the one two hour and a half you you hinted at this I mean, I I suppose you'll you'll you'll, you'll probably more reveal more in it, yeah. Later on, but just as a, as a brief overview, there was a two and a half hour version that premiered in in Italy. Uh, it gained a muted critical and commercial reception. Right. Um. There was a two hour and and 
roughly two hour version that was taken to Cannes that did phenomenally well that sold there and then turned into an international hit which was the top grossing international film of all time up until that point and became like a monster that was the version that I saw in secondary school and then more recently um, there is a three hour version uh, which was restored by the director uh, Giuseppe Tornatore who basically uh, went back and sort of spliced in all the stuff that he'd taken out and like there's a lot of controversy over between fans and critics and, and everybody has different opinions about which version is superior. And it's interesting that we kind of we've had this discussion a couple of times on the show. We're talking about like Leon, the professional, for example. Right. About how sometimes a director needs to be saved from themselves, perhaps. Absolutely. Like it, 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 it's the um, it's the idea that a director is um, somehow so important that that's um that no other um, role can be a check or a balance to to <laughs> um, to this. I mean, I mean, there the like, director more like dictator. Andrew says, yeah. I, I mean, there are some examples of directors who have to be the sole author of their work. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. And and where and where they're the best kind of fruition of their of their vision comes from, like where where they have this control. Yeah. Because, I mean, there are directors where studios have notoriously not understood what the directors are doing in question. And there are a lot of directors who have been vindicated through that process as well. Like, there are directors, and we cover them on here, um, like, say, Hitchcock or, like, say, uh, Kubrick, who have, like, released films that the studios were resistant to. And, and also, even, to be honest, that audiences and critics were initially resistant to that have been validated through the test of time. Mm. Uh, but there are occasions, we've discussed, like, Leon the Professional is probably a good example here, cases where the directors have been forced to make cuts, those cuts have been released, those films have become classics, and then afterwards the directors have gone back and they've edited their own version of the film, and the comparison is not necessarily flattering. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, there's, there's a general kind of, um, I guess, objectivist or kind of Ayn Rand idea <laughs> of, like, the, no the one ever builds a, a statue to a committee. But the the um it's it's so it's it it's so much the um the exception when 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 the director is so infallible that that his vision can't be compromised. They they, they and it, it it's not just directors either. It's writers, authors as well. Yeah. Like Stephen King was convinced for a very long time that what he really needed to do was well aside from loads of cocaine <laughs> he also needed to get involved in the making of these movies of the shining yeah. for example of, yeah yeah the shining so, is a great example of yes of, of yeah of, it's one author's vision versus another where like a kubrick's version of the shining is rejected by king because it's not his version yeah. of the shining um and and you have that's an account it is more nuanced than i think most and, people would accept than and, most, like than yeah, most arguments I, would contend i mean the it's a funny thing because like the, the you can't doubt on some level, Stephen King's kind of creative um, uh, mind or output, certainly. But but well, when the fact it's, that people the, want the, to the, make these movies, which suggests yeah, that they want his versions of the movies. That there's then... a germ in there, but but the 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 the, the, the movies where he's most involved are, I have, are, are, are the worst. Yeah. yeah. Nobody says I want to watch the miniseries version of The Shining, for example. No, or uh, Maximum Overdrive. Yeah. And I think he signed off on Dream. Well, although I'd really like to see Maximum <laughs> Overdrive, though not not because it's a good film. Yeah, Dreamcatchers is another. He, yeah. But he endorsed that. He thinks that's yeah. a fantastic adaptation of his work. When spoiler, uh, we will not be talking about it on this particular <laughs> podcast. But I, I do think that 
Not even the other one. Not even the other one. Unfortunately, it just falls. It's in not the that bad. It's not no. that bad either. Uh, but I do think that I'm gonna I'm gonna step up here and I'm gonna say that well I don't think that I think you're right. I think that there is a tendency to overrate like the director, the idea of the director as a singular visionary. Because I think that for example, writers are undervalued when it comes to making films. I think editors are undervalued when it comes to making films. Sound designers are undervalued when it comes to making films. But on the other hand, I also have a soft spot for a director who will push through their vision no matter what. Like there are lots of directors who make movies that are not great. Right. But who make them with a singular enough vision that they are more interesting. And that's maybe interesting in inverted commas, depending on how sarcastic you're feeling I am here. But who, which are interesting to observe and to digest on their own terms. So, for example, I'm thinking of like Luc Besson, um, whose movies like the, the professional, which we talked about, Leon, is his only film in the, the 250s, the one that we talked about. But like, for example, The Fifth Element is never, never going to make it onto this list. And yet somehow it's like this visually sumptuous, just amazing to watch process experience. And I don't think it's a fantastic film. I don't even think it's a particularly good film, but I think it's a unique film in terms of its sensibility. The yeah. same is true of, say, Lucy or, or Valerian, which is which is coming out soon. It's not a good movie. It's not a great movie in a movie in a summer full of great movies. But it, it's uh, it's rich and it's his. And the same thing, arguably, of, say, Snyder's DC movies, which like people reject out of hand and they're not great movies, but they are uniquely his in a way that, say, the, the, the equivalent the blockbuster equivalent to the Marvel stuff doesn't feel like theirs and I feel like there is some intrinsic value in a director who has a unique vision even and it's funny that you should mention Rand when you're talking about like directors unique right. visions because Snyder's version is obviously is obviously very it's like Rand by way of Reifenstyle but um styled, if you will but I think Boo! that I'm here all week but I think that there is some value in like a director pushing their vision through and I think that it's interesting <laughs> I'm never sure what's so what sound a reaction to make whether I should go <laughs> whenever you, you make some terrible pun or whether I should congratulate you because I, I, I I'm powering I, through yeah it's I, my singular vision of punning yeah. it's, it's like I'm like the Zack Snyder of punning I've, when I've, I make a pun you know it's mine yeah I don't want to create a toxic <laughs> environment fine. plus sometimes I make puns and I expect you to congratulate me and I'm <laughs> left looking um, and then I understand why <laughs> I apologize Adria. I'll make sure to congratulate you on the next time you make a pun uh, but or, or, a, or a funky world play, wordplay um, but I do think that there is something to be said for a director who has a vision and like a lot of people don't like the director's cut of Power, Cinema Paradiso and it's controversial and it's very long and it's like sleep inducingly long and some of the edits are completely pointless but it does seem to critique the nostalgia in a way that I don't think the version that's released does. And we'll, we'll talk more about that when we get into the spoiler zone. Like, like, but... like I feel this movie should... Uh, like, like I'm happy with the version I saw and I don't necessarily want to watch a... A, a three-hour cut of a, this. A different version. But the... the, the um, like, it, it, feel, it feels the right length. But I don't think I could criticise it for being... Um, longer if it were Bec well it depends on what you add obviously yeah yeah obviously like like I don't mind that this is two hours rather than 90 minutes because it's a story over a person's lifetime yeah and um, you end up encapsulating that yeah it's, it's without getting into the specifics it's told over three periods roughly in, in the life of this uh, Italian director and he's sort of reflecting back on one of the things I really like about it is it captures that sense of like the cinema as a communal place which I think is something that we had when we were growing up the, but, sorry the the funny thing about movies is how kind of masturbatory uh, they could be, and I I I tend to always give them a pass. Yeah, like I loved La La Land, 
and I love this movie as well. And they're gigantic even, odes to the yeah. pa- to cinema itself. Yeah, it's, even though they're, they're, it's, it's like, like you go best. to see a movie and it's like, aren't movies great? And it's like, yeah. <laughs> I'm at a movie because I think movies are great. So I yeah, love that the yeah. movie's reinforcing the sense that movies are great. Yeah, it's like, you know, this is a movie. Yeah. You know, you know movies great? are great. <laughs> you know what this movie is, right? But I mean, like, well, I mean, to be honest, you had the Oscars give out the Best Picture Oscar to Argo, for example, which is a movie about how oh. Hollywood basically saved a bunch of Iranian yeah. hostages. I love, I love the um, Seinfeld kind of acceptance speech. That I, I'm not sure what it was, whether it, it may have been the Emmys, where it's probably yeah, this is probably a case where there's a link in the show notes, and me explaining it mightn't really add anything to your enjoyment. But go ahead, it. but. But yeah, where 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 he's talking about how much he hates um, award ceremonies, and it's like <laughs> um, give it give this man a, a a golden statue. He he pretended to be Bob Johnson. <laughs> he he got up on stage, and then it was action. It's like say the things we told you to say. <laughs> yeah, and it's very like Ian McKellen on extras, which will probably yeah, also yeah. go in the show notes. But there is that sense that yeah, movies valorize themselves, and there is that sense that like with cinema parties, so it's valorizing cinema. Like I think Giuseppe Tornatore, imagine this as an obituary for cinema, as a, as a sort of a a you googly, if you will, a eulogy uh, for cinema, where basically he looked at cinema as something that he thought was dying, uh, and the movie sort of covers that sense in, in the way that like for many communities, and I think for our community as well, perhaps when we were growing up, the cinema was a linchpin, particularly for say young people. Yeah, we, we grew up in Sligo um, and when we were there, there were very few things for young people to do legally. Like obviously you could get into a bar, you could go to a nightclub or whatever. But as you, if you were a teenager, there were very few options for you on a Friday or Sunday night that were perfectly sort of legal and above board. Yeah. And why would you choose them <laughs> when you could be doing illegal things? Yeah. Which, um, as we know, are more fun. They really are. But for those of us who are on the straight and narrow, or for those of us who are making excuses to our parents about where we were on Friday and Saturday nights, the cinema held a pride of place. It was a very special sort of place yeah. where we all came together. Because I remember some of my fondest memories of being a teenager are sitting in the four-star pizza um, on the Garavogue in Sligo. That was Just, an amazing deal. It really was. You on, When you bought the tickets, you'd get a little offer on the back that would give you a you know sort of a two-for-one, wasn't it, on pizza. Do at, you know there's now a Domino's? In, in Sligo. Yes. How things are changing. You also And it's quite me, close to the cinema. You also told me that the, the cinema in Sligo is no longer the Gaiety. I was I will call it We're the living Gaiety. Around I, don't, I don't know if um if it's if it's definitely not called the Gaiety. But, but yeah, I, I think it's some kind of a it's an omniplex. omniplex. Yeah. It's 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 it's, which is it's the owned most by generic. Omni consumer products. Yeah, which is the most generic name you could have for a cinema like consortium. Like Robocop. Yeah. <laughs> Except we're not really <laughs> relating it to the movie at this point. No, not at all. No. But I, li- I like that they have the little cog on there as well, just in case you didn't get that Omni, Omni Global Megacorp <laughs> are that sort of organization. But like for kids, going to the cinema was a thing that you could do and you could spend time there. And many of us, like I have very fond memories of the cinema without getting into specifics for fear of offending people. Uh, delicate listeners like many important life experiences for me happened <laughs> in the cinema what do you think i'm talking about andrew you won't get into specifics <laughs> for the sake of like the delicate listeners yeah, but del- many life experiences first happened to me in the cinema what are we meant to think then um, I, I, okay I first learned I learned my first uh, Spanish phrases in the cinema (laughs) while waiting for the film to start 
like I wrote my first romantic poetry in the back seat of the gaiety. One or more bases would be covered. <laughs> yes, in this conversation, we are covering all of our bases. But yeah, no, I, I think that, and I think that one of the things I like about cinema is it captures that sense of the importance of the cinema to the community because you get like this glimpse of lives lived through the community, glimpse sort of like as snapshots in in the cinema. So you have like couples who first meet, who first glance at each other across the aisle when they go to the cinema, who then later on go on their date to the cinema, who are then yeah. married at the cinema, who exactly. then have kids at the cinema, who, you know, they live their entire life. Like the cinema is a linchpin for this small village. And it's like, it's something yeah. that I think speaks I, to me. I picture Darren having his first words in the cinema, yeah. walking for the first time Learning to cycle my bike. As a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> Learning to cycle my yeah. bike for the first time up yeah. and down the cinema. And I feel like uh, filling out my first job application in the <laughs> yeah. cinema. Um, many, many milestones were reached. But I do think that, like, one of the things I like about Cinema Party so is that it captures that sense of the importance. Or, the, like, the, the role that a, a cinema plays in a community. Like, and, and it's likened to almost a church. And you have that sort of that wonderful juxtaposition of like the priest showing up and ringing the bell. Like, yeah. And stuff like that. And you have this sense of it's a place where people go. Like people don't even always go there to watch the movies. They go there to hang out and to spend time with one another. Like, But the thing I like about this movie, while, while it is a nostalgic movie and it seems to talk about the, the depth of... Cinema? Cinema. Or, or an aspect of cinema. It's also... Um, this is the kind of cycle of life and that you um, everything is dying and being uh, reborn. So so like um, I guess I won't I'll try okay. not to get into too many specific but say La La, La Land is talking about like the the, um, the, the death that, of jazz. Yeah. Yeah. But and but it's also telling a story about how jazz has a future. Yeah. And 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 that's the history of jazz can also be maintained while while innovating and yeah and exactly like, like that so in in this movie i feel like um without giving too much away i mean not that it's a spoiler but basically what what we're going to be saying is whether you should or shouldn't watch the movie so like revealing a lot about it would be sort of redundant anyway yeah but um it i think it suggests very strongly that there is a future because of a direction um, that the lead, character's, that life the lead takes. character's life takes. I think its attitude is, is somewhat interesting because, I mean, they've, they've talked about this. The director's talked about this when he was casting for the various actors, for, like, Toto, for example. Yeah. Um, the guy, Very good casting. Great casting. Like, the, the little boy is adorable. And, and you can tell that when you watch the trailer. The trailer is well aware that one of the key weapons of this movie is how <laughs> utterly adorable the little boy in the movie is. But when, when but he grew up to be a real jerk. <laughs> <laughs> he actually, to be fair, he still gives interviews and stuff about it. And he seems very fond of the role that the movie played in his life, which is quite cool. It's nice to know that he's not like, he didn't turn out to be Screech from Saved by the Bell. Yeah. Dustin I Diamond. I kid, I kid. You're, you're, if, um. If you're listening. Yeah, if you're listening, you're, 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 um, it's a credit to you that you didn't turn out like. Uh, like Screech from Saved by the Bell. But uh, when. And if Screech by, uh, from Saved by the Bell is listening. We don't want you. Get out of here. You know what you did. Yeah. But uh, yes, everybody knows what you did, in fact. Uh, but basically, when they're casting um, Toto, when he was casting Toto, what the director found was he asked him basically what he could remember of cinema, what his idea of cinema was. And the little boy's response was, it's just a big TV screen. And there's another great story where the director tried to, like, because many of the kids who he was filming with had never actually been to the cinema before, never seen a movie in the cinema, he wanted to create a nice experience and memory for them. So what he did was he invited them all to go and see 
E.T. by Steven Spielberg. He arranged a special screening in the local cinema for them to attend, so they might all have the experience of going to the cinema together, and they might share so the movie's sort of nostalgia almost for that. And then what happened was none of them showed up because apparently they had all seen it already on pirated DVD cassette, um, or, or gone by themselves to see it. And just I have this wonderful image of the director sitting by himself in the cinema going, kids these days, with their rock and roll and their hip-hop and their cassettes and their piracy. Like, one of the things that I'm not entirely comfortable with the movie is the sense that it does seem overly mournful of the passage of, of cinema. Because I think that, like, you mentioned about cinema being masturbatory as, a, as an art form. And there, it definitely is. And there's yeah. also, within that, there's also a really weird, and it's not really weird, or it's completely understandable, but a conservatism about the, the means of distribution and the media and stuff like that. Because, I mean, I think that cinema, like any other art form, evolves well, and grows. Like, I, think that... I mean, it's, it's, it's an affection, I, which, 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 which I think um, is not... I don't know if it's something that that you can come down to too strongly on. Like say for example the the um a movie that we have spoken about already Dunkirk and the 35 and 70 mil like version different of, version of that because yeah, yeah. that, that's exactly what I was about to bring up was Christopher Nolan like as a champion of cinema and I mean even Tarantino falls into it as well where it's the idea that like the the only way or the Scorsese, right way is, I think is also. strongly in yeah. And I mean even Spielberg has, has talked about it as well but I think that there is an element of, like, there's an entrenched hostility to, say, Netflix within the community. Like, no, Christopher Nolan has talked about, like, completely misunderstanding Netflix. How he's got, he's got a, he doesn't like their business model because they have no interest in distribution that he's interested in. And I, I think that there is that sort of reactionary way about it that sort of overlooks the fact that it's not like cinema is dying. It's not like Netflix are killing cinema. It's more like Netflix are reinventing cinema. Or they're, yeah. Like, they're, Which, yeah, I mean, I... And I think it goes to what, to to what I said about how yes, like things are dying all the time, or things are dwindling, but, but they're all, also being reborn as well. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's also when when something there there is a kind of a rebirth that um, that something arcane can have for 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 a community, and that there's a kind of a a comfort in in being i guess the hipster you know the vinyl original yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and 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 i think that it it's a weird kind of um churlishness for somebody who admires these things probably in part because of of how passe they've become to moan about how is uh passe they've become because you wouldn't like these things if, like the people who complain, why aren't there real artists anymore? Why is it all uh, Justin Bieber? Um, it's like if 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 a part of and like I'm not even even criticizing this kind of hipsterism uh, too strong, but it, it, the point is that you well, become over nostalgia. I think it's, yeah, it's yeah, a large yeah. part of it. It's like you remember when we had musicians like the Beatles, for exactly. example. Exactly. Like the, the the cult of the Beatles. The Beatles are fantastic. They're amazing, technically untouchable. Yeah. But there's also a sense you wouldn't that the like are... them at the time. Yeah. Because, that's because, a... because the, they were there was new. like a hysterical kind of, and you you would be you would be pining for the the safe sounds of Buddy Holly. 
yeah. like a marathon. And when Buddy Holly and, and the Big Bopper were doing their thing, you would have been yearning for the safe music of like the Glenn yeah. Gould. Because d- distance gives you the the um, security of 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 knowing that something has stood the test of time. Yeah, as opposed to going out on a limb now and hoping that it yeah. does, or, or labeling it. And I, 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 I can see that. I just, like, watching Cinema Paradiso, it, it reminds me a lot of those discussions that people have where they talk about the death of cinema, because the death of cinema is something that seems to be happening all the time. Like, And maybe this is because I spend too much time online and too much time interacting with, with people online who are talking about film, because there's always this... You're online right now, Darren. Yeah, I'm looking at my phone as I'm talking. But I mean, there is this sort but no, of... No, you're, you're ones and zeros in a person's ears. Yeah, broadcasting live from the, from your iPod or from your iPhone or from whatever you're listening to, or your, your vinyl LP, if we go ahead with our hipster release model that we're looking at now but i do think that there is this this sense of like apocalyptic overreaction like where the the death of of like a conventional form of cinema is treated as the the end of the world and apocalyptic when it's just a transition like i mean there are pluses and minuses to everything like the loss of of the cinema as a as a lynchstone of the community is very sad and it's very mournful and to be honest it's not something that's wholly reflected because i think that there are arguments that for example in ireland cinema attendance is is bigger uh, now than it was 10 years ago. Our cinema attendance is bigger than anywhere in our, in, in Europe. And I, I wonder if a large part of that is down to the experiences that we were talking about where the cinema holds a place in the community where like young people can go on a, on a Saturday, Friday or Sunday night. But like even outside of that, stuff like Netflix, like while it's a threat to those cinemas, it's also something that's more accessible to people like my parents. My parents would never have seen movies like, say, The Young Offenders, which they adored. They would never have seen that if it wasn't for Netflix. People who don't have access to... Well, if it wasn't for Netflix, they would be in in blockbusters. I mean, they, they, it, 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 would, it would be something else. It would, but I mean, you'd argue whether or not... And it might be a... an older thing or it might be a newer yeah. thing. And I mean, you could argue then whether or not like stuff like Netflix is giving the option to people like say Scorsese's next movie is going to come out on Netflix for example um stuff like Ocha oh for example or, or even like David Ayer who is not like I wouldn't describe him as one of the greatest cinematic artists of his generation but he's a big director and I feel like Netflix is giving a place for these directors to make films that is not necessarily viable anymore I don't I don't feel like cinema's dying I don't feel like it's I don't feel yeah. like it's... it just feels like there's nothing on Netflix um, <laughs> actually <laughs> particularly when... <laughs> if you live in anywhere but the United States yeah yeah where um American Netflix <laughs> um, there there are there are good things in there and 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 it is allowing uh movies to get made without any of the kind of stupid waste that goes on in Hollywood and and I I think anything I think well, the opportunities is... for kind of counterculture or doing something in a different way um, should be. Well, I think there's no small irony in the fact that, say, Netflix, for example, would have allowed Tornatore to release his original three-hour cut of this movie rather than having to do a two-hour cut that eventually went to cinemas. Now, as we argued at the start, we could argue whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but I right. Think that... I think that it's hard or it's churlish to get mournful about, say, a transition like that in that yeah. light as, as an artist who seems very offended by the loss of, of cinema or the death of cinema. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the reason Nolan has such a good relationship with the studios is because of 
how successful he's yeah. been. But if 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 he were to have to um, start over again and be at the beginning of his journey, he might feel um, enthused about something like like Netflix, t- yeah. which would kind of a- allow him to. Because, because, like, say with Don Kirk, like, the, the, he 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 was asked on, um, I think, um, uh, Mayo about making this movie and why he felt it hadn't been covered enough. And he said, "Well, well, he felt the 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 reason they haven't really done a proper Don Kirk movie up until this point is because it was a British story with um, an American budget." Yeah, that and and that's because he is this golden child now of of the of of, of, of Hollywood. Thing, yeah, yeah, um, yeah of, of Warner Brothers. That's uh, that that allows him to do that. Yeah, but but if he if he were not in 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 his position he is in in now, I'm sure he 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 would be jumping at the chance to to do something, something with Netflix. Yeah. Um, and that that might allow him to do the kind of um, things that he really wants to do. Cool. One more thing then before before I ask you the big question about this movie. But one of the things that also jumps out at me, and it's something we talked about, we talked about, say, Terminator 2. This discussion's going on. It, re- it really is. Don't worry. We'll focus <laughs> on we'll okay. actually We'll actually talk about That's the okay film. That's okay though, isn't it? It is. I, like, I quite like the discursive sort of discursive nature of this. But I, I like one of the things that sort of jumps out at me about Cinema Paradiso, um, and it's one of the things that reminds me of something you said when we were talking about Terminator 2, Judgment Day, where you're saying that, like, you aren't a huge fan of the film. One of your, the reasons that you weren't a huge fan of the film was because of its legacy, so to speak, because you felt right. like it, it, it brought, like, a, it created a, a mood of I summer blockbusters. I, see, or a... I think I see where you're going with this. Yeah. Because I, I, I think this might have kind of, um spawned other movies of of its ilk um well it generated are, sort are... of a model of what a yeah. foreign language film looks like particularly right. one that's going to get major distribution okay um, it's one of the corners so of the like wine a... scene operation so like amelie would be a great example right. of this for example um life is beautiful winning the best picture oscars is a great example of this it's like the ultimate example of this is this it idea does seem of like... in the same wheelhouse all right but it's this idea of like European cinema and, and I think Italian cinema in, in some ways as well has right. been sort of shaped by this sort of the sentimentality of Cinema Paradiso, which and on one hand it is churlish to blame a film for its success and for like the imitation that it spawned. We talked about this when we talked about Terminator 2. And I mean, you could argue the same thing I said The Dark Knight in terms of blockbusters yeah. today. But it does feel a little bit like for the 90s, like European cinema was largely defined, particularly European cinema that was accepted by Right. And embraced by American distributors was sort of shaped in some way by the reaction to this, where it had to be cute, it had to be sort of, you know, it had to be affectionate, it had to be heavily sentimental. Mm. To the point where I think like the biggest like nineties European non releases that I can think of that exist outside of that were say uh, the von Trier films, uh, which were a conscious reaction against it in the mid to late nineties. Uh, stuff like the Three Colors trilogy in France, for example, um, right? Which which is beautiful. Like I absolutely adore Blue and Red. I think that they are two of the best movies ever made. But I do think that there was this sort of called some sentimentality that like people have talked about Italian cinema having to wait until Gamora to react against it. Like Gamora yeah. was seen as a reaction against this. I suppose that's the thing. Is is number number one? I think I I like um, some of the kind of 
um, children of this movie. Like, I like Emily. I believe you don't. I loathe Emily. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about that when yeah. we land on Emily. Exactly. Because it's actually, it's, it's in the 250 as well. Yeah. Like, I have a sentimental attachment to Emily. And I quite like these movies when they are done well. Um, and yes, uh, this and, is done and, well, to be clear. And the, right, yeah. I can see that off the bat. So, like, there's other movies in the same kind of um, quirky European cinema um, space. Like uh, the science of sleep, for example, which, which I don't care for at all. But then again, like yeah, you, it's and so that's the first thing is is that I suppose, it 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 it's a subjective thing of taste, and I I like some of the kind of um, brothers and of this, sisters yeah. of 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 this, if not children, yeah. um, of this kind of sentimental kind of quirky yeah. the movies that um, that's inter- whose international success yeah. was made possible by this movie exactly and the second thing is that i think european cinema has gotten um away from that and and that there is um not so much of a um reason for for imitators of this particular style anymore to yeah to 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 be the only choices that yeah i mean you mentioned gamora and in in french cinema um, although I think you mentioned a few in the in, in in the meantime, but 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 that is quite normal to while you still do have these quite sentimental yeah. um, movies Since to, the end to, of the 90s, to have very gritty yeah. stuff like Marine and the yeah. Prophet and that sort of thing. Yeah, and I I, I do feel like yeah, uh, but there there is an argument that I think that for for a while in the nineties, particularly with the Weinstein Company, who I think was it uh, Bernardo Bertolucci described as a little Saddam Hussein. Uh, because of the way that he would appropriate these European films uh, and basically butcher them for the European for the American markets, or cut them up, make them overly sentimental. Like go, like he would act like the priest in 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 Cinema Paradiso, for example. Like he would famously heavily. Who did who, who did Saddam Hussein cut up and make more sentimental? <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to just like yeah. cut up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I feel like that was a. Um, it, it may have been a little bit of a strained comparison, but um, I do feel or like... Uday Hussein. <laughs> Dominic Cooper, thank you very much. Did you see that movie? No. I, no, I'm, no. I'm, I'm not mad about uh, Dominic uh, Cooper. Because that's I, the I, only I, reason not to see I, that movie. Well, I, I think we agree on this. Also, like, I don't like chintzy things. <laughs> <laughs> and that movie would have a lot of that. <laughs> um, there would be a lot of gold, like... Well, not iPhones. I like but... the fact that your your big issue with that was was not necessarily like the violence or the horror. Or the fact it's a terrible movie. It's the fact that it would be kind of uh, kitsch. Yeah, I'm, I mean a movie a movie we saw recently, Lagan. <laughs> One of my big problems uh, with it was uh, was a, a little scene with 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 Nearing. Um, and I I guess like the, the combination the, of gold and blood. And there was just a, and there was a lot of. Of 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 dangly um, uh, jewelry in that movie that just put put me right off. But I I was trying to I was trying to kind of get past it because it was never so egregious. Whereas as you feel like as, if you were watching as the in Devil's the actual Double, yeah, yeah when when yeah. Um, yeah. It would just be too much. Well, with that in mind, then I feel like we've had enough tangents here. <laughs> um, Andrew, do you think that Cinema Paradiso belongs on the two fifty? With dramatic yeah. pauses. <laughs> um, yes, I do. And I guess it belongs in my 250. 
What about you, Darren? I, I, I like it a lot. I feel like, you know, maybe my nitpicks of it are a little bit heavy. Like, I feel like, I feel like maybe just a tiny little bit I'm, I'm sort of laying into it. I think it's beautifully made. I think it's yeah. lovely. I think it's very emotional, very sentimental. However. <laughs> it would not necessarily make my own 250, I have to be honest. I right. think that there is a sense of it's one of the foreign films that it's okay to like in inverted commas. I think that it's a very easy choice i think that you're one of the reasons why it's on the list is because as you mentioned the sort of masturbatory quality of, of cinema and of cinema fans because yeah you know film fans also love movies about cinema because like we like talking about the movies that we like we, we host a podcast once every weekly slash fortnightly slash periodically in which we talk about the movies that we like so film fans like stuff about film and i think that that's a large part of why it resonates as much as it does i I can't object too much to it being on there, but it wouldn't be on my own list. I have to be entirely honest. So with that in mind, will we segue gently into the spoiler zone? No, no, you're, you're, you're wrong, Darren. This is, this is, this is where we're going to manufacture a bit of friction where it's like, uh, generate some tension. Yeah. Exactly. Over the next couple of episodes of 250, you're going to see us grow further and further apart until eventually one day Darren will be replaced by, I don't know. That, that, Who's affordable? Whoever, whoever, whoever kills you and takes your house, where we, where we record, we will we'll uh, be replaced by. Um, the the job criteria are that you must agree with Andrew on yeah. everything. I, next episode, we're going to reveal Darren's address. And, <laughs> and we're 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 You've go, seen the we're, purge, right? This is going to be a yeah, lot like we're that. We're going to ask our Twitter followers, like, which of you would like to kill Darren? <laughs> Um, I like how Andrew says we. This is going to be happening on the 250's official accounts. Uh, but anyway. Which the... one of us controls? Is it me? Is it Darren? You'll find out next week. <laughs> yeah. Who, who, who knows? Who, yeah. who, who knows? Spoiler zone. So, Andrew, what was Cinema Paradiso about for you? Well, this is this is a a a a a, a movie about about a, a, a kind kind of about a father and a son. It's 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 about Toto loses um, his father in the war. His mother his mother always says that um, he's coming home. He's coming home because he he's been he's been captured on, on, on the Eastern Front and is declared dead rather than missing eventually. And there's this very sad moment when Toto is, I guess, marking that point of the newsreel to have it removed. Well, and there, there's then, lots of really when... nice kind. Of, there are lots of really nice moments, like for a moment, for example, when he when he's at home and his his can of film catches flame. Um, Alfredo discovers the burnt remains of the picture of his father, which is also a very nice moment between them. Where Alfredo realizes what what Toto needs, you know. Yeah, and the the it was the mo- the moment when Toto and his mother are walking. Um... Uh, when, when walking home from yeah, after finding out when about she, the pension, she's so, yeah. yeah yeah she's is, is signed for the pension and being I guess uh, formally told that her husband is dead. I think that was the first moment in the movie that I that 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 I started crying. But from from yeah from 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 that grows this 
this um well recurring and, sense of loss yeah like, recurring and, sense of like disappearance like even after they leave that place they walk through the ruins of like this old town where presumably it was destroyed during the war and never rebuilt i think there's a theme of growth as well in in this movie as in you can you can leave like it's a movie about nostalgia but it's 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 this sense in which alfredo tells him to 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 leave the town and never come back to never come back and to forget about that and if you come back i won't answer you yeah and there's a sense in which he's he's kind of pursued this other life and become some kind of a success um but he's lost that connection yeah i mean there's a certain necessity about going out but there's also like a loss connected to that um growth yeah uh, his mother talks about how he's she's never spoken to a woman who loves him yeah and like even when when his girlfriend at the start of the film answers the phone uh, she talks about how his mother thought she was some other woman like there's a sense that like although toto has gone out into the world or salvatore has gone out into the world uh, because it's weird to call the grown man toto uh unless he's playing africa but I feel like um, there's a sense that he lost. Uh, sen- Senor um, uh, Devote. Devita? Devita. Devita. But um, he, there's a sense that he's lost, like that going out into the world and becoming uh, the director, becoming the success that, you know, Alfredo always knew he could be, cost him something profound, yeah. something personal. But that's the, I think, the beauty of, like, like the, the, the thing about nostalgia is it's not. It's not holding on to the past. It's losing the past and mourning its loss. Well, it used you to be a psychiatric with... condition. It used to be considered natural yeah. sickness. No but uh, like, like the the. I mean, so 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 so, so did being transgender. I, I mean, we're 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 not going, no, going not, to I'm dwell not. too much on, on on former psychological classifications. No. no, I'm not. I'm not okay. I'm providing a sense of historical context here, Andrew. Yeah, the the we're 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 not we're just we're 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 not um, speak speaking in a Victorian um, sense. Yeah, there's that kind of there's a, there 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 is something very kind of touching to me about it is quite sentimental, but the the way the way they paint his first love and the kind of newness of it and the kind of overwhelming emotional um significance for toto and the the his heartbreak and the is and the sense as well that you can the the worry that he can never really ex- love again uh, yeah in in with the same passion um, yeah same that's that's, that's something i think that must be like like relatable to somebody who's who's who has been in love and lost like oh there there is like there, there definitely is like i think i think there's something about Cinema Paradiso that is, and I apologize, this is going to sound, this is where we're going to come to blows here, but like, there's a sense that it's it's written from a point of view of somebody pining for for youth. and, and Yeah, like, absolutely. Here's the question though, right? Because I mean, this is something that, that it's I'll, something that affects I'll... popular culture. Like, I really, really dislike the sense of nostalgia that's come to dominate pop culture. So, but, 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 sorry, sorry, the, 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 I I know what you're trying to say, and that's a very different thing. Is 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 is, anyway. is is trying to have your cake and eat it, and, yeah. and 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 look back on the past, but also enjoy the past now. Part of the beauty of the past is that it's past. 
and and uh, like he's not trying to be a child. He's uh, and and are are trying to be this this young man who's who. But he's imagining the world was simpler and more straightforward when he was a child. The world made sense when he was a child. Yeah, but he's the world not, was innocent when he was a child. Like I, th- I think the film captures that quite well. I think. Yeah, the, I think. but the, the, this 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 sense in which it's it's has anything to do with the kind of infantilization of 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 popular culture i think those are two very different things i don't think so i think they're both predicated on the idea that the past was much simpler and much easier than the present seems to be like that you you could love purely in the past but 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 you can't now that you you know you had a a childhood that was in one in one you accept that the that the past is behind us and in and in the other you're 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 trying to 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 hold on to it as 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 if it can exist now. But if you accept that the past was more innocent and beautiful, which is what Sonoma Paradiso argues, I think that the next logical I, step I, is to try and reclaim it. I don't think it's that. Okay. Um, it's that the past is past, and what would re, re, but it's, re, it's more innocent. No, sorry, and pure. sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. No, they, it's that's not what makes the past. That's not what makes nostalgia meaningful. Is that something was better before? It's that it's gone, and it's 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 not it's ne- neither the present nor the future. Okay. They, 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 I f- I feel nostalgia toward to, towards many parts of my life that were certainly not better. Um, really? Then then yeah, of course. Be, be, because the the sad the sad thing is that 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 it's loss is the sad thing. Yeah. Where 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 you've lost something, but you, I'm I'm not wishing to 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 be, but to be to be to be to to be back in the past because that that would I guess spoil the 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 beauty of of those kind of of that loss or of those. Uh, but I think I think in order to feel that loss, you have to believe on some level that what you lost had value that it was more than what you have at present that you haven't like if you believe that you've lost something by logic it means you haven't gained anything it means that you haven't accrued anything as a result it means the the present is not better than the past it means the past and the past net worth by the definition of the word loss is greater than the present no you're 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 misunderstanding it you're it's a minus is still a minus. It's it's it it doesn't. I I'm 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 I I I guess I'm 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 having a difficulty understanding this 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 point of view where 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 you, where you can't realize that uh, you're like one's one's life may be be better in 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 the here and now, but there's also. Loss, loss doesn't just mean that something is 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 better or worse. It's 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 the very fact that it's gone. Okay, and I think that Cinema Ardiso is making the argument that it was very clearly better. That the past was very clearly better. That he Salvatore like, like, could love yeah, in the yes, past. Yes and no, because he he's, community he's, had a cinema he's, he's pursued his 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 passion. He's made a choice, and he did he make a choice. He he didn't stay because Alina didn't come back, and we're going to talk. We'll talk about this in a moment, actually, because this is something that interests me about him. It wasn't just because Alina didn't come back. I suspect it was primarily because. No, you you wouldn't agree with that. 
I think I think the fact that he's I, never looked I, again. I think I think um, uh, Alfred, Alfred, Alfredo spoke to him and gave him good advice in in basically to the tune of um, you don't have to stay here. There's 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 nothing for you here. Yeah. Go out and and be. Um, I don't want to see you. I, I I don't want to hear you. I want to hear about you. Yeah. Is what he says. And and. So I I don't think I don't think there's a sense I don't think there's a great sense in which uh, Toto um, or sorry Salvatore can have regrets because he has went out and and tried to live this this full life and 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 I I, I object to the I guess this idea that um, because he hasn't found love love that 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 his life um, has meant nothing. The, 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 um, he, he couldn't have one thing and he had another thing. He can, he can, he, he, he can... Let me ask you a question. Can, Which would he, he rather he can have feel, had, He think? can feel the loss of, of, of not hang, having had love without, without necessarily wanting to replace what he has now with, with, with what he could have had. Okay. You know? The, the um, what, what... I think he 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 would he would rather have had both. I, I I mean as 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 soon as soon as he lost love, I think the um unfortunately for 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 him, the possibility of getting that back seemed to kind of disappear. We should talk then uh, about the uh, infamous director's cut of the film. Okay. Uh, which I've seen and you haven't, I believe. Uh, possibly yes. All right. So, uh, long story short. The film was released in Italian cinemas at a version running 153 minutes, or 155 minutes. It was not well received by Italian audiences. It was a massive bomb at the box office. Critical reception was not great. Uh, It went to Cannes. There, the the Harvey Weinstein picked it up for Miramax, um, and he basically took a razor blade to the film. He chopped... Not quite a while later, or... The, was was it not twelve years before they? No, oh, uh, well, it was no here. No, no, no. This this is where it gets. Uh, we'll get to the twelve years later bit in a moment. Okay. This was the original release, nineteen eighty eight. Uh, Weinstein sees it. Uh, Miramax think they've got a shot at winning a best foreign language Oscar with this movie, so they take a razor blade to it and they got um a full half hour from the film, right? Right. Um, this one hundred and twenty four minute film version of the film is released. It's a massive success. With audiences internationally, it's a massive success with critics. Uh, it wins the Best Foreign Language Picture. The director then returns to it, and this is the version 12 years later. And he returns to it. Not only does he restore the 30 minutes that were cut from the original release, he adds uh, an additional 20 minutes of, of stuff that he had to cut that he didn't want to cut from that original theatrical release, creating a new movie that's about three hours long. And this movie is interesting, and it, it's not been as well received by fans of the original cut, and it, it's very easy to see why that isn't because a lot of what the additions to the movies do and i think i think i might have kind of hinted at this because i I, there was a point in the movie where i said where's alfredo yeah there was a point there's a point where when salvatore is like writing to to alina and when he's going off to war um and when he's waiting for her to arrive on the bus and she never does at five o'clock and the point where andrew sort of turned to me and goes we haven't seen alfredo in a while have we and I was like, yes, Andrew, there's a reason you haven't seen Alfredo for a while. And that's because all of the scenes that cover what he's doing during this sequence have been removed from the film. And what he was doing, and there's lots of changes that were made, and there's a number of small changes that were made. So, for example, it's made very clear that uh, Toto 
Um, Toto, when he slept with Alina, it was not his first time. He slept with a prostitute beforehand. Um, for example, he slept with a prostitute in the cinema. But the biggest change is the revelation that it isn't that Alina disappeared from the film. What happened is Alina arrived early for her meeting with Toto, met Alfredo instead. And Alfredo realized that if Alina was there, Toto would stay in that small community forever. And so Alfredo told Alina that Toto didn't want to be with her, that the reason that he was there was because Toto couldn't do it himself because he didn't want to, that he never wants to see her again. Um, and basically banishes her and never tells Toto about this, right? And so Toto, and then the whole point of the film sort of shifts because Toto has this idealized memory of Alfredo and, and of Alina and of life that could have been. But at the very end of the film, he discovers at the funeral, he meets Alina's daughter, who is the daughter of his old friend from school, um, who Alina married after he left. Um, and, And he meets Alina herself. And she explains this to him and she explains that she's now married and they have a bit of a clumsy tumble in the front seat of the car, but it's never as good as it could have been. Sorry, it's never Elena as... and and Salvatore now when he's after he's returned for Alfredo's funeral. When he's when he's a middle aged man. When he's a middle aged man. Himself they have, and Elena have a have a clumsy tumble in the front seat of a car. Right. And it's never and, and one of the things like Is that the car with the chickens? No, it's not the car with the chickens. But one of the things that people didn't like about it was that it undermined um, the character Alfredo a great deal, but that it also chipped away at the romanticized and idealized version of the past that, that Toto had. And I actually, I find myself warming to that version of the film a great deal. I think there's something to be said for discovering that the past, first of all, that it wasn't what you thought it was, that it wasn't like that how you perceive things to be when you were a child is not the way that things really were. And and I think also even the sense of like trying to recapture that romance with Alina, like capture the sense that you cannot, you literally cannot go back again in a way that the film, that the, the, the sort of the theatrical cult, which I think is more sentimental and more nostalgic, sort of glosses over. Do you think it makes it less coherent, though? In the sense of? In this, in this... Well, it slows down pacing. The pacing of the director's cut is not great, to be absolutely honest. Well, yeah, I suppose, I suppose it's interesting. Actually, I'd like, I'd like, I'd like to see that version of the movie because I, I, I suppose it works in a different way. It is. It's almost the complete opposite of the version that was released. I think. Pause. Sorry, I did, I did sort of throw that out of the field at you, but I didn't want, I didn't want you to have to watch five hours of Cinema Paradiso. No, no, no. I think that's that's. Um consistent with the version of alfredo that we meet where he's become uh, after um after he's been blinded yeah well no not not uh, after, oh, after the army service yeah after salvatore comes back from the army yeah. alfredo has had this change where 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 he's now very um uh, wants toto to go yeah and stay yeah. away and not come back yeah where something something has um changed for for Alfredo, he's he's, I would say he's become very depressed. Yeah, and they, they're, they're and to be like, fair in the theatrical cut, there's a sense to, that his death is approaching, and and that sort of his mortality has focused him maybe. But and to, Toto tries to inject some um, kind of levity into it when uh, Alfredo is giving this kind of speech, and he says, "Oh, who was it said that was it John Wayne or was it Clark Gable?" And it's like, "No, it was it was it was it was me." And then another piece of dramatic irony that I enjoyed, um, I think it's the second example. The first one was like, oh, if this was a movie. It would have started raining. And then, yeah, you have that kind of like funny moment where, where, where it starts raining. 
because it it's it's a it's a kind of a nod to the to, fact that it to, is a movie. Yeah, that it is a movie. But this, this second part of it is that Alfredo says um, life isn't like the movies. It's um, it's 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 uh, it's much harder. Yeah, you know. And I feel like the the theatrical cut of Cinema Paradiso doesn't capture that. Well, there is the sense that that um, Salvatore has not had this fairy tale ending with um, with Elena. Uh, yeah, but I think that the movie is leaves it open enough in not like, for example, not finding out what happens to her. You can imagine any number of possibilities. There's yeah. an infinite array of outcomes. Like you can you can imagine, for example, that maybe they would meet and maybe they would get back together or anything like that. I think that. The thing, the thing I like about the director's cut is in providing a concrete resolution to it, it, it avoids the more obvious ones or happy ones. It's like, no, you cannot physically recapture the past. You can have a, a clumsy tumble in the front seat of a car, but it won't be what either of you want it to be, and it won't be a reconnection. You can't go back. Yeah. Like, even if you could find her, even if you could find out why she wasn't there, it wouldn't undo any of the hurt that's been caused, any of the consequences of that action. That kind of creates this sort of uh, closure, though that 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 I guess undermines the sort of everlasting love. Yeah. That um, that 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 he has, and and I I kind of prefer it without that closure. All right. I and I I would I would maybe have the 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 scene where Alf I mean, the problem the problem with Alfredo telling her like "oh, leave now" is it 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 does damage the way we see Alfredo as a character. Yeah, and, it, and as, I think and it should. I think it makes yeah, a point. I think he, that's the point. I would argue. He um, because it it's 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 a movie to um the early parts in a movie have this adorable uh boy. Yeah, but I, I think them. I think Alfredo is also um, adorable in his own way, and and there, <laughs> there's this lovely kind of moment where they're both wearing this the the, the same costume. Like yeah, the moment yeah. that to- I love that when Toto is hired as a projectionist working under Alfredo. Yeah, like there's a projectionist uniform which consists of a wife beater and slacks. Yeah, I mean I I I I I, I the great strength of this movie was was. Um, may, maybe maybe I'm a bit of a softy, but but was the amount of moments is is that it li- literally made me cry, and I and 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 I know kind of like it's not the first movie that has made me do that, <laughs> uh, but the, the um the 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 moment when the um when the cinema catches fire, there was. Even the, the 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 moment where they're having the outdoor um, screening, s- s- screening, and and the one when um, well, which leads to the when point, it starts right? raining, and then he Alina kind of arrives out of nowhere, uh, and they yeah. start making out. Yeah, I I I I've I've like I I I I liked kind of. Uh, maybe I'm the robot because I I I, I, I responded like, as programmed. Yeah, yeah. I I I liked um, having feelings, <laughs> seeing what <laughs> like that the was exact like. Opposite of a robot. Yeah, this, um, this... No, like I mean, you make it sound like I'm just a sort of monster. I love those scenes. I really liked the emotional connection. Those scenes, like I adore the idea of like as somebody who has sat in a cinema and watched I, a screen. I that, think that it must stuff be resonated. very difficult to 
have that emotional connection to the movie and yet come away from it like feeling um, unimpressed. Not unimpressed, just the just skeptical of its of the nostalgia at its core and of the you know the way that it, it its legacy. Like I mean, I adore. There's a lot of it I adore. Like I adore the interplay between. I love. Um, like do do you, do you, do you, do you, do you think it's possible to love somebody and let them go, or do you, the, 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 that that's the relationship that um, you have with the past, and you 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 let it go because it's 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 better for you. You you don't. But it, he doesn't it, let it go. He literally ends up with a film canister full of footage that have been cut from movies by the censor. Like the past is literally brought to life by him projecting all these deleted scenes. All Who? these could have been um, at the end. Salvatore, the gift he gets from Alfredo. Yeah, like by no. literally, and it's so a scene Al- that people Alfredo love. Alfredo is. Do, um, it's uh, a scene. It's are, scene you, that... are you are you are you saying Salvatore is is because it's Alfredo who's held on to those? Yes, and he gives them to Salvatore, and yeah. they provide a connection between them. And there's a sense that you know, in some ways, like. The past can be recaptured yeah, through celluloid, Sal- through film. Sal- Salvatore isn't the one who has who has held on to those to to that piece of film for all of those years. It was it was it was it was Alfredo. But it still ends. That's the closing shot of the film. Is him reliving all that through film? Is him sort of going back to the past and looking at all these bits that were originally cut from the film? Yeah, and, was, and some was... of those sequences were even cut from the bit where he used to sneak in and watch the the film the you know the priest with the bell which is a great it's a great bit it's a really really great bit but um, like there is a sense that like the cinema is literally a time machine you know Mm. and and like while I understand that I think that the movie is not is unquestioning in that regard in in some in some senses yeah I don't know how you can say that because because he 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 makes a decision to leave and there's there's it's a decision to 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 leave this town and to grow and 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 but it's not and, his and, decision to be absolutely clear it's a decision that's well first of all manipulated by alfredo in the, in the in the cut that wasn't screened but even in the version of the film that was released in the theatrical cut his mother makes it perfectly clear that like they all told alfredo that if alfredo asked to come back he would like there's a sense that there is a part of toto that wants to come back to the past that wants to go back to the community in the village, like, and that there's a yeah. part of his heart, there a part of his person that's incomplete without going back. Yeah, and I, I think and, that's and... okay. I, I find that I think that's very strongly nostalgic. I think that's unquestioning in its nostalgia. You know, I think that's. I don't know. I just the the, the 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 past is part of 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 what we are. I I I I think he 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 has been able to put it in its place and and to 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 eventually come back with it okay to to sorry to come to come back to it and then to also leave again and to bring parts of the uh past with him into um this present or future that he's created from himself okay. rather 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 than completely rather than leaving behind completely okay i don't know i just there's parts... this, this 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 has been this has been like just an, an argument for an hour <laughs> an and 15 minutes at this point. people are wondering when are they going to talk about this movie when are they going to make make up about this okay well 
something watching Cinema Paradiso and watching this, I do... Which it, I don't mind, by the way. I, 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 I quite enjoy it. Like, I think that some of our best, some of the best podcasts that we've had have been the ones that are discoursive, that sort of talk about stuff, that use the film as a springboard, almost, to talk about the, things that are... Yeah, I, I, I mean... Um, so we're announcing we're ditching the 250 format. We're not going to talk about <laughs> films anymore. We're just going to talk about nonsense. I think we should talk talk a little bit about kind of the parts of the movie that we like because okay. there, there's 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 a lot of scenes scenes in the movie that I that I that I enjoyed or that I thought were 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 funny that 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 had less I guess thematically to 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 do yeah, the movie. It's a like very well observed very funny script exactly it, it like in ways it kind of reminds us uh, or me anyway of 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 the 400 blows except i didn't think it was as good yeah as the 400 blows um at doing that but the the the, the weird kind of stuff where like the, the, the this sense of of a town and the familiar kind of um, town characters, yeah, the where, people where, who inhabit it. Yeah. yeah, where 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 there's where there's the man in the square raving, and there's the there's the the uh, couple who meet in the cinema and get married yeah, and have a life. There's the pencil pusher like spitting uh, down down at the cheap seats. There's, there's the Neapolitan who wins the the lottery. Um, actually, one of the things I really like about Cinema Paradiso is the fact that it captures. You're talking about like the individual characters in the community. It also captures the hierarchy within the community. It's a film that, in in some ways, seems to be about class as much as about oh, yeah. anything. And like, and 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 there's also the, the guy who leaves the town and says like, uh, "To hell with this." Well, the like, communist, yeah, he's uh, uh, crap country. And 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 there's a sense in which like towns can be uh, these small towns can be very alienating and and where yeah. And again, it's all established very effectively. Like you get little scenes of him being refused work because he's a communist, for yeah. example. You get scenes of him as being, you know, escorting his kid to school. So you get a sense of how excluded he is, um, and you get a sense of like when his kid's leaving. You know, the other kids can't say one of the other kids can't say goodbye because his father told him he's a communist. Like you do get a sense of the town as a place that works. Like there's even a scene where Kai's assassinated during uh, a yeah. gangster film. Like he's shot in the back. There's a. It was a weird moment. It was a weird it, moment. It, it was. It, there's part, a prostitute part, who part works of, in the back of the theater. There's... Yeah, it was part of one of those montages where there, there's there's like one where there there's all these boys masturbating. Um. Yep. To a 1956 film, which is slightly, slightly um anti chronal You know, it doesn't fit. You see, I thought it was more anachronistic, but it's not. They, 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 I don't mind that they that that there's. That that there's a lot of continuity um, errors. Yeah, yeah. I suppose like. Well, like, I mean, it's it's that sense of it's capturing memory what, rather what was than the fact. Movie there? Um, it's Aju Cre La Femme. Darren's French pronunciation is as perfect as ever. It's from 1956. It's directed by Roger Vadim, and it's Bridget Bardot's uh, naked body in there. But I mean, it's a wonderful illustration because we were sort of thinking about this when we were. Uh, <laughs> for daddy. <clears throat> Yeah, that Andrew's going to keep trying to sink that uh, in. No, I, we also I, have inappropriate I feel, smoking. I feel like we might have the death of of, um, of something for Daddy. Uh, when you say it in your normal voice, it just doesn't sound as impressive, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it sounded more like Robert Loja. Yeah, it, some variety in this movie. No, it, it's it, 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 well, it, it got very far from from where it was what it was meant to be at the beginning. What and, was it meant to be at the beginning, Andrew? I wonder what your vision was. It, it was just a something that was funny in my own head. Um, recurring bit. Well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, if we want to go back to recurring bits, there's a lot of inappropriate smoking in this. There's a great scene yeah. where a bunch of kids watching a movie pass a cigarette back and forth, for example. Yeah, yeah. There's there's. 
Um, is there any food waste in this movie, Andrew, that you can think of? Ooh. There, no, I, I I'm struggling to think. It does remind me that the uh, of the of 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 the scene where the yarn gets gets pulled out. Oh, that's a great scene. That is I a really quite a lot of that. And it's just it's even just a really I mean, great it composition. It has nothing to do with anything. Really. Yeah, but it, it arguably reflects sort of Toto's life on on Spoodling. You know, the fact that he's finally coming back to what? meet Alfredo. The fact that his you know all this stuff, all the hard what, work what that Alfredo it, had done daily in his own represent to you. <laughs> oh fine <laughs> but even just visually or viscerally it's a great shot as the camera pans from like the unspoodling sort of knitting out the window to, to Toto arriving home in the taxi it's just a really great structured shot yeah um, sorry Andrew I apologize the knitting needles are actually penises <laughs> that's what you wanted me to say right yes that's what we were getting up there good but, job Darren <laughs> thank you I feel like I've done I feel like I've done uh, that's my work for the week done but I mean um, the films that are shown in the Paradiso are massively out of sequence. Like some of them, like mm. there are films that are, you know, in 1954, they're getting new releases from 1949, but they're also showing movies from 1956. And I like that because it's, it captures the sense of memory as something that is, is fungible and malleable and can be distorted and bent. Like there's a sense that maybe, maybe these aren't the movies that Toto really saw and really worked on. They're the movies that he remembers yeah. and he sort of, he slots them in because memory works that way. Like we, we don't always remember accurately like and it's, mm. it's interesting when you think about popular culture like many of the things that we remember about films and about movies in many cases don't I mean, actually exist within them like beam me that, up scotty for example that's the thing is that the it becomes another object when it's remembered yeah it's not the object it originally was what and 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 allows a person to imbue meaning and almost to 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 make a work of art Yes, with their own memory, with with, with historical record. I mean, one of the great facts about the way that human memory works is the very act of remembering something rewrites the memory itself. When your brain accesses the memory of something, it basically reads it and writes it again. So when you tweak it, when you put an emphasis on it, when you remember a particular part of it, that part of it is then emphasized in your memory for the next time you draw it up. So it's fascinating how memory gets sort of distorted and bent. It's not an official record, which is, I mean, like you know, it, eyewitness testimony in courts is worth absolutely nothing, even though it plays very well with juries, because memory, human memory, is fallible. Yeah, it, and prone to distortion. And 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 I think Darren's was... anti-nostalgia strikes again. <laughs> no, no, I, I I don't I don't think that's anti-nostalgia. I, th- I I like I think it's it's possible to 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 see the the limitations of of um nostalgia and 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 still um appreciate its poignancy you know yeah like like, like yeah no no i mean i like it's it's like like anything i i think it's 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 something that you can take in moderation i suppose yeah. um and i i think i think to, i think I think this movie, it, I really do. Uh, aside, aside from feeling very, um, uh, like emotionally touched by this movie, I, I, I feel like it's a good articulation in some ways of of what the past means or can mean to 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 or how we approach it. Yeah, yeah, and how because you're looking back and 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 it is this this. This kind of um, gold tinted almost, yeah. yeah. But, but literally, but, I mean, but there is there is this stuff where like the 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 priest is ringing the bell to to get rid of the kissing and yeah. like 
where 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 there's a sense in which uh, I've been to the cinema for twenty years and I've never seen anybody kiss. Yeah, yeah. Where 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 they're living in this? Um, how would you say? Parochial. Yeah, yeah. In in existence and 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 where yeah, it's it's kind of like quaint, I guess, looking yeah. back at it. But you can also see that like, oh God, is is it's. Uh, it's a fortunate thing that we don't live in... In, in sort of 1950s yeah, uh, Sicily. Yeah. I mean, like, one of the things I, I do... I, I sort of, I feel... I, again, this is... I feel... I have mixed feelings about the way that it handles cinema. But I like the idea that it suggests of... Like, cinema as a communal art form. But even, like... There's this recurring suggestion throughout the film. A reminder that, like, most of the people in this small village can't read. Yeah. Like that they're illiterate. Yeah. Like um, Alfredo has to go and sit his school exam, for example. The usher at the cinema can't read um, and neither can the old man he asked to read the scrolling text at the start. So it's this wonderful... It's, it's funny as well because the, 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 it's, they're watching an Italian movie and it's yeah. got these subtitles <laughs> and it's, it's, the... it's a movie about Sicilian fishermen and, yeah. and the subtitle they're trying to read is like many <laughs> many, many sicilians uh, many not, poor sicilians um, do not speak italian do not, uh, yeah do cannot read italian yeah um but i they mean can't read it but I, I like yeah i like the idea of like and it captures that very well of the sense of cinema as a great leveler because i think one of the great things about cinema as an art form is it's accessible to absolutely everybody pretty much the yeah. point where even if you like even foreign language cinema like in many cases it can communicate through imagery and through through music in a way that's not literal like silent films you can understand the story being told without necessarily understanding, without having to read, without having to even understand the language that's being spoken. Yeah, and I think there's also a sense in which you can you can watch a difficult movie and not really figure it out, but still have watched the movie <laughs> yeah. that you can't really do with, 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 a with, book. with a book to the same yeah. extent. Like have you it, try, tried reading Ulysses? Try powering through Ulysses. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, or the works of Emmanuel Kant. Like, yeah. yeah it, it, um, whereas, whereas with a movie, even if it's a very kind of like, like dense, hard, difficult hard to, to get through movie. Yeah. You, like, you hopefully you won't fall asleep <laughs> um, like Andrew has never done during one of the movies we come for this but I mean yeah there is like a sense that even if I can't tell you what a David Lynch film is about I can tell you what the closing scene ha- yeah. well, you know, what what actors appeared in it what you happened say it is you've, you've seen it yeah you've, you've lived through it and I mean I think there's like I think that the film captures that very well I think there's like something romantic in the idea of a cinema as the centre of of a town to the point where people are like queuing to get in to see the comedy and then alfredo counters by broadcasting it onto a, a wall in the middle yeah. of the square and even even the scene where they show it outside in the rain with people on boats watching it there's a sense that like cinema is accessible in a way that like theater isn't because it's expensive that books are because of education and access to that although that, admittedly that's less of a problem in the developed world today but i mean worldwide like and in the context of the film like you have to be literate and you have to be educated to read yeah. the book but I mean, I think television has become that to 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 a larger extent these days. Yeah. And 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 it all like the 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 they they allude to it in in yes. in in the movie. This this kind of like oh, um, the cinema closed six years ago because nobody goes anymore. Um, or watching television or video cassettes. Yeah. Or, yeah. Well, I mean, even that story the director tells about the kids all having watched E.T. on pirated video cassettes, which is like, this is the aspect of how the film deals with cinema that I, I don't like, because one of my big bugbears with 
cinema and i i want to clarify this as as i'm somebody who loves cinema i'm somebody who who has gone to see like the 35 millimeter print of like the assassination of jesse james the 70 mil print of um you know the hateful eight that I've, I've seen like i like the experience of going to the cinema and seeing a film as it's meant to be seen projected on real film like i appreciate that and i i appreciate its artistic value so i'm not a heathen or a philistine in that respect but one of the things that i really grates with me about the way that people talk about film is the sense that if you're not that there's a right way for a person to watch a film and it's something that we sort of we touched on when we were talking about it's a wonderful life with the colorized version by ted turner um which is like there's a snootiness around it which is like that's the the version of the film that you know has been been tinkered with and meddled with and it's not the version that frank capper shot and I, I can understand that and i would much prefer to watch the black and white version but on the other hand if you have the colorized version and kids will watch the colorized version I have a hard time feeling bad about that. I have a hard time feeling like that's a massive loss because it's not like you're throwing out the black and white version to make room for the color version. And I mean, there's this big debate that's happening at the moment around, say, cinema. And it's very similar to the debate that happens in Cinema Paradiso. And I like part of me wonders if one of the reasons why Cinema Paradiso is so well regarded and like it, it's so popular among people who vote for the MTV is because it has that sort of Quentin Tarantino sort of Christopher Nolan-esque like well, purity I, of cinema I, th attitude I think another it. reason why it's popular is because it's, it's a, good well I wasn't going to say that I, 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 it, it is yeah I, I, I agree that it's good but I think another reason why it's popular is that it's I suppose in, in, in spite of how what I was going to say is that it's 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 a movie for men there there's 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 a kind of a um perception that a, a movie for 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 men is this kind of action filled um explodey stuff yeah, yeah sort of yeah. film yeah this 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 is still very much yeah it's a, a coming of age story yeah. but it's a coming of age movie that's aimed uh, specifically at boys yeah along the lines of a, a, a bronx tale or or even um, like the john hughes movies if you want yeah. to pick, pick movies that are not violent or action-packed or like that have that sort of element like there's a sense of like coming of age as a boy means the following and it means like yeah. flirting with a pretty girl it means wrestling with your friends it means you know all this sort of stuff that it yeah. is maybe gendered uh that it not maybe that, it, that is gendered yeah, somewhat yeah. you know um and i think we've talked about this before the 250 like overlooking say equivalent movies for for women like that would have been formative like Lula's i think one of the issues is that there aren't as many of them and the other yeah. issue is that when 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 the when, kind of people who go online they, and vote on the yeah, when, tend to be men oftentimes when they do get made they're they're, they're overlooked kind of, yeah, or, yeah or yeah. prejudged yeah, yeah. and I, but i mean what i was saying there about like the the, the film purists is like like the community that you create through stuff like television is different but it's in no way inferior like so for example like water cooler shows for example like people talking about like using game of thrones as a conversation starter you can't I mean, have a water cooler conversation about um any anything on on on, on netflix you, you 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 definitely can about game of thrones yeah i suppose the the, the, the problem i'm going to have game of thrones is coming out is it the in in July? Yes, um, which will be long after, long before we release the podcast. So anything uh, we say is horribly dated. Remember when um, uh, Game of Thrones was released? The problem I had <laughs> was um, how long is it going to be before I see um, this episode of of Game of Thrones? It's probably going to be on uh, catch up TV the the yeah. the next time I'm back in Sligo. Um, <laughs> or, um, well, you, if it makes you feel better, um, the audience would be pleased to know that you have or have had the option to watch it in my house. 
Oh, I enjoyed Depending that. on the tense that, in which we're recording. Yeah, we'll record different versions. So that, like... <laughs> but I, I do think that, like, I do think that there's a sense of, like, fear in the way that people talk about, like, the decline of cinema, which we, and this is a nice bookend for the podcast, because we talked about it at the start. But, like, the way that we treat things like Netflix or even, like, television mm. as inherently, like, hostile to the idea of community in the way that cinema was. And it's, I'd say that it's different in that you're not going into the room and, and the same room as everybody else and experiencing it directly. But I think that it's communal in the sense that it's more, even more democratic and free in the sense that like... Do you know what I really like? Go for it. Um, the idea that we've gotten past the point where... And it's, it's, it's kind of happened in, I guess, in print and in uh, television... And in audio um, as well, you there's less. I mean, it has its it has its ups and its downs. Basically, I'll, I'll I'll get to what I'm going to say. There's less of a sense of turning on the television and seeing if there's anything good on. Yeah. Or turning on the radio and seeing what do you hate least, <laughs> and 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 listening to that. It's like like you're you're hoping or that whatever's you're going available to, in the airport yeah. store went for your paperback. Yeah. Yeah. It's like pe- people in Dublin are a little bit spoiled for the amount of radio stations they have. But back back in Sligo, it's only the the local stations there and the national station yeah um and well i suppose it's true true here as well but there's just more um choice i guess but um yeah the the odds that you're going to switch through radio stations and get a banger um are, are significantly lowered there is the advantage in in that old way of viewing media that you discover these things that you wouldn't seek out yeah like you're actually reading a newspaper um, rather than, I guess, uh, curating your content or existing yeah, in the bubble. Yeah, exactly. They, they, it's the articles that you'd never click on. Yeah, that might that that that, that might mean so much to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, for, even even in terms of television, like there was a time when you had only three stations, for example. Yeah, or to... even like not so long ago, where you might have like between twelve and fifteen stations, and uh, and sometimes there was nothing good on yeah. <laughs> any of them. So you end up watching like the. What I, what I, uh, the weird foreign language film yeah. that's on, for example. Exactly. Um, which, which and and and, but it is we are at an advantage in that we can we can access content easier, easier that 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 we actually might appreciate and enjoy. Yeah. Stuff that's not on television. Yeah. Well, I mean, to to give an example, and this is this is one that I I cite. Or like, stuff that's not on the radio, <laughs> such yeah. as ourselves. Such as ourselves. Oh. Democratization of media. Um, but one of the examples that I like when people talk about Netflix being the death of, of like cinema and stuff like that is my my parents um, like live up in, in Drogheda and like when the movie The Young Offenders, which is a fantastic Irish film, and I think we plugged it on here before, probably at the St. Patrick's Day. I haven't Day, seen so it. I wholeheartedly recommend it. It's one of the best Irish films that I've seen in years. But it did not necessarily get the widest of, of releases, even in Ireland. Yeah. But because it's on Netflix, like my parents were able to watch it and enjoy it and appreciate it yeah. without having to actively seek it out. It was like I could say, look, you guys should watch this. It's very good. And, and it was as simple as that happening. Like it's a case of like, take, for example... Netflix producing Duncan Jones's Mute, for example, which is a film he couldn't get financed through the studio system that would have involved sort of compromises getting there. Like everybody who has Netflix in the world, all, all of the millions and millions of them will have access to 
this yeah. film that he's making in the way he wants to make it. The studio have to be very careful about what they pick because they know that they're going to waste an awful lot of money on, on, <laughs> on uh, so it needs to make a lot of money too. What, yes. Net, what Netflix are realising is that they can actually produce uh, movies and television shows without all of the waste that yeah. happens in, 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 in Hollywood. They can do it cheaper. Yeah. There's, 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 there's this kind of, there's, there's all of the sort of, um, you hear this, the uh, stories of, of, of just like s- stupid expenses. Um, yeah, yeah. Being just money being spent on ridiculous things. But I mean, I, I, like, so if you're I, a rich person, why would you want a trailer? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have the, a mansion? To get back to crossover <laughs> um, with a fruit basket in it. Yeah. Thank you very much. But I, I, like, I do think that when you get nostalgic about cinema, and like, I think that Cinema Paradiso really, really does, really hammers home this sort of nostalgic sense of loss around, around like the death of like small local cinemas, is that you neglect the fact that like with this death comes the opportunity for something that is not necessarily better, but something that's different and something that has value intrinsically of itself. Like, it's not a zero-sum game. It's not like losing the cinema paradiso is the end of the world. It's not like it's... No, but, uh, yeah, there's a kind of a faultless disagreement here, I think, in the sense that you're you're saying, oh, um, like, I feel... You feel feel like it's okay to mourn. Yeah, I feel like it's possible to be nostalgic without, without... Without feeling like the 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 past is necessarily a uh, a better place, or 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 that it doesn't matter that 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 it's a better place that 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 you can appreciate, yeah, that, like it's not a quantitative thing, as in, like you can, you 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 can't put a number on whether the the past, the present, and the future are, are objectively better yeah, than yeah. one another. It's just that they're that. That, that they're different and that they're kind of, I guess, uh, appreciable in different ways. I mean, there are ways of putting numbers on, on, yeah. on, 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 on what's better, but I think that kind of misses, miss, misses okay. the point. I don't know. I, I, like, and maybe this There's, is just a broader thing. Is I, think that, yeah. like, I think that any argument that we tend to, when we look at the past, when we romanticize the past, I just worry about the consequence of that because we gloss over stuff like, I don't know, vaccinations existing and stuff like that, healthcare being better, death rates being lower, average age and life expectancy being greater. Well, I, I, I think like, the, I, the, movie, the movie's attitude to vaccinations is, is was, very was controversial. a little ambiguous. Yeah, um, but you, you know what I mean? It's not the, the precise, like I'm not arguing that like this is an anti-vax film or something like that. It's more just the general attitude. I'm, I'm wary of it. I'm kind of, I'm skeptical of it. I'm cautious of it. Because I, I kind of yeah. worry where you extrapolate no. it to, if that makes sense. If that, if that doesn't yeah, sound no, like no, like I, 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 but it's, I, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think, I think that's in the hands of the the, the audience. Yeah, that 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 is possible to to take these things too far. Yeah, with 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 any sort of 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 sentiment, I suppose. Like like. I think um, it depends. It depends how dangerous this <laughs> the sentiment is, because like like a very say like a very patriotic movie. There's a, there's a certain kind of I think there's a sense in which patriotism um, or nationalism is 
is in some sense kind of wordy or laudable and and that you can look at it and 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 and, and admire one's um, country yeah. um but there, there's but very, also very obvious yeah. ways in 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 which that can become a, 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 a sort of a xenophobic chauvinist sort of um a, a gung-ho outlook. jingoist sort of yeah yeah and 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 when you're talking about nostalgia that can kind of get into a sort of a conservatism or a yeah um it can lead to stuff like the i don't know the make america great again philosophy or the idea that you know there are so many people who believe the world is the world is worse now than it was i say i think that's in the hands of 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 the people themselves of the audience i think it's possible to have a balanced um uh, view, 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 view of these things. Sorry, yeah, I, I sound like I'm the priest there ringing the bell, going, <laughs> "This is a dangerous idea. We shouldn't possibly let this out into the wild." Yeah, like, and and I, I think as a movie, no, I think it's it's, a gr- it's and the music. I mean, oh, I the Ennio Morricone score is amazing. The yeah, the, the the love theme is absolutely beautiful, and I mean, it is like the the combination of like. It is a great example of what it's what it's arguing about, which is this idea of cinema, like the power of images and sound combined together to create mm. something that is emotional and exciting. And I mean, like this is the part where I'm not a robot, but the bit where, yeah, hugging in the rain, kissing in the rain as the music soars. Yeah. Even that, that montage of which I'm, I'm kind of somewhat skeptical at the end with all the kisses that have been like lost and forgotten and edited out by the priest in the same way that Alfredo had sort of edited out the love story involving Toto. Like that is a very affecting image yeah. and combination This of idea that he had this thing that he's kind of created lovingly. Yeah. As well. And and it is this old man who 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 claimed to be a cynic who like who argued against like who argued against nostalgia who argued against like Toto ever coming back warning that he would shut Toto out if he did still made a point to stitch this together for him as a tribute. I think that speaks to the idea of balance that that a a person is capable of of holding kind of different ideas in their head without one idea taking over and burning (laughs) everything else down. Um, um, film by the way I do like the recurring suggestion that film is literally um, explosive in this film yeah in the sense that like obviously the priest believes that it's metaphorically explosive in that he, he cuts the ideas that he deems to be dangerous or corrupting or pornographic but also the recurring uh, the fires throughout the film that were yeah like Salvatore's five you know the one with his father in, in the tin can that catches fire and burns the home and obviously later on Alfredo gets his eyes burned out yeah um like i i like the idea that film is something that is passionate and hot and burning and and sort of like you know there's something that that really i like this podcast yeah um with this podcast is passionate and inspiring and burning it It is is. not flammable though unless you're listening to it on a samsung phone in which case uh you may want to get the battery changed yeah or yeah I, i i i i um there's probably there's probably a lot of things that can explode that you don't realize would. Like I I, I remember, uh, I, I had like one water. of those electronic cigarettes and I jokingly kind of like pulled out a lighter and it's like, 
uh, oh, careful that doesn't explode in your face. And I was thinking, yeah, you're probably right. That That's probably happened more than once. Yeah. Where somebody has... Um, Jokingly tried to light an e-cigarette yeah, and had or, it... Or, or maybe while, like, blasted out of their mind. Have, 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 have t- taken fire to some what uh, I mean, those... electronic device. And, um... Well, those, those e-cigarettes were originally, when you charge them, prone to, like, go on fire as well. Yeah, they, yeah, um, yeah. So, like, I mean, yeah, so... So I think if we can take away one thing from Cinema Paradiso, it would be the argument it would be fire safety. Kids put fire safety. Yeah, I, Sorry, I feel like I, had I hijacked a whole load, this. I had a whole lot of notes that I that I deleted <laughs> um, immediately. But it, because it, Andrew doesn't care for the past. Yeah. yeah <laughs> this I, film is in the past now. I pressed this kind of button, which was a tick. Um, which <laughs> I guess meant... Assuming that would be... <laughs> yeah, which I guess I thought meant save this. And it's or like, be a good thing. Get rid of this forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's now it's now in the ether, um, which we don't believe in anymore because um, apparently physics tells us it doesn't exist. It's in um, the dark matter, isn't it? Yeah, it worked perfectly well, um, <laughs> Just ex- as... ex- except for all those examples when it didn't. But um, um, aside aside from that, um, it's, so there's are we sort of I miss phlogiston as well. That's phlogiston, dare I ask? Phlogiston is the thing in. Um, in, in in matter that is lost when you burn it. Phlogiston flo, is generally heavy, which is why if you burn wood, it gets um, lighter. It, get, it, it, it gets lighter. Uh, except in cases where phlogiston has a negative weight. Oh. For example, in in uh, in iron, when you burn iron, it gets uh, heavy. It gets it, it gets heavier. It, it 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 develops rust, and the rust has a weight. Ah. Um, but it was discovered. But it's gone now, it was discovered it? that there is no phlogiston um, uh, proved unpopular compared <laughs> com- compared to it's, oxygen. It's younger, sexier cousin. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah. Everyone loves oxygen these days because, like, uh, it, they say it's oxygen leaving the wood when you burn it, and that it's uh, oxygen. Um, oxidizing the iron when you burn what that. were you saying about like you were worried about like nostalgia leading you to support pseudoscience um, uh, yeah we all need more. luckily luckily we're not like that uh, yeah we like um, I'm having a party where I'll have as much phlogiston as as people want um, I'll be giving it out um, please join me all right, so with that in mind, then let's just take a quick look at where the movie is on the two hundred and fifty. What's around it? Whether we think it should be higher or lower? Wow. So, okay. Um, so above it, Doctor Strangelove. Your favorite Kubrick film, I believe. Yeah, I, 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 I would. N- no, no, I, I. Really? Okay. I do like it a lot. I, I think part of why I really like I, I like Pete. Peter Sellers a lot. Oh, yeah. And I liked Kubrick a lot because of... Well, big, his films. Yeah, big, uh. yeah, exactly. Big, 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 because of his films. So I had seen Peter Sellers in 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 a number of things. Like, obviously, like, everyone has seen the... Um, Being There or um, Pink Panther? Yeah. The, no, that's David Nevin, Pink, Pink, The Pink Panther movies. Well, he, 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 he was um, Inspector Clouseau. In, ah, in, okay, in, sorry. In, in those but like also stuff like i'm all right jack and um so i was really looking forward to it and i think that kind of shapes 
uh, the way the way I think about the movie, aside from it being a great movie in its own right. Okay. But I, 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 I quite I quite like Full Metal Jacket. I quite like um and I know you don't, um I quite like a Clockwork Orange as well. Yeah. I guess because um with a Clockwork Orange it's like a combination of of, of a few things, things that, that you I like, like yeah. because it's Kubrick and there's Beethoven and there's um, ultraviolence. <laughs> no, <laughs> Good old there's, ultraviolence. There's, there's, there's the novel that I quite enjoy. Cool. Yeah. Um, it Alien is is above it as well. Above it, and um, so is Apocalypse Now. Yeah, another film with very with an alternate version that changes it fairly dramatically. Um, that's yeah been released what's, recently. What's below it? The lives of others. The lives. Which of is others, interesting. I, I put the lives. Fantastic yeah, movie. I put the lives of others. Uh, the lives of others above it. I'd also put Grave of the Fireflies above. I haven't as well. seen a lot of these movies. Okay. Django Unchained. Still haven't seen. You still haven't seen Django yeah, Unchained? Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's and um, I'm not going to see it either until we land. Until on we it. land on it, just to preserve that. Yeah. Um, also, Paths Paths of Glory, which is another um Kubrick film. Yeah. Um, I'm surprised at how high that ranks. And then The Shining. We're like we're in Kubrick town basically. Yeah, yeah. Is what we're getting from this. So no, I I, I talked about this at the start. I'm Cinema Party, so it's better than a lot of the films on the list, even if I'm mm. not entirely sure it would be on my two fifty. You yeah. you think it very much deserves to be here. Like you are I, I enjoyed it a great deal today and and I definitely think it deserves to be on the list. There's stuff on on, on, on the list that doesn't deserve to be there and there's stuff that that should be higher, that should be lower. I don't um look look looking at where it is, I guess I'm kind of happy with it. I think um possibly the lives of others might I, I might Should be a little I, higher. I might, I might I might put it above it. But I mean it's it's to me to me it's a it's a beautiful movie and I I I, I would recommend it quite highly. Cool. Um let's just take a look then um at the in and out chart. It's not what you think. It's not. So since we've last recorded, a uh, number of movies coming in, number of movies going out. The same number, in fact, we might say, given the list is comprised <laughs> of 250 elements. A couple of movies that we've covered um, have 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 gone out of the list. Yeah. So Guardians of the Galaxy has dropped out. Um, volume 2. Volume 2. Uh, 229. That, that fell rather quickly. But also the Gan, Once Upon a Time in India, has dropped out. But that's a movie that has been in and out yeah, repeatedly. Like, we I, might see that again. I suspect that will be coming back in. Uh, we've also then seen uh, Andaz Apna Apna, which I believe is a uh, Turkish... We haven't seen it, but we've oh, no, seen we haven't it all out. Yeah, which is an Indian film. Uh, basically, it's a 1994 comedy. It's It's been in and out quite a bit over the years. It jumped in uh, in January 2015 at uh, 90 and then sort of fell slowly, gradually over time. And in order to take up the space that has been left by these vacated films, we have uh, Paris, Texas. Uh, which is the classic sort of 1984 uh, Wim Wenders film produced in West Germany, um, ironically enough, for a film titled Paris, Texas. That's been in there quite a bit. I think we've even mentioned it before. And then I believe we have a number of um, Indian films as well coming in to make up the difference. So we have PK, which we've seen in and out as well. That's another, uh, um, that's a, another sort of Amir Khan film, I believe. Uh, and then there's a Swade's We the People, um, which is also which has also been kind of in and out a great deal um, over the it's, past couple. Of... You know, there's there's um, Bollywood. I, su- I suppose is a s- s- specific um, uh, class of, of of Indian movies. Like it, it does does doesn't include regional movies. Regional it's, cinema. It's, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, like sorry. L.A. is Hollywood, and yeah, and Bollywood is a specific sort of area. Of... Yeah. Sorry, we, did, we, I, uh, we, did I misspeak? We, I apologize. 
Oh no no no! What I was going to say is, I wonder is, is, is there there, sh- there should be a, a word for um, Amerikan movies because <laughs> <laughs> there's so many of them. Um, um, can would if you will. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, so that's actually that's where we are at the moment. So I think the only thing left to do then is to pick the movie that we are going to talk about uh, next time on the show. This is exciting, Darren. This is always exciting because we have no idea. It could be anything. Are we putting the bottom 100 films back in there, Andrew? I don't think we're ready yet. I don't think you're ready? All right. Well, in that case, Andrew, would you do me a favor and click the button? Random number generator. Twist, twist, twist. Show us a movie on this list. So we have landed on number 126. Chinatown. The classic Roman Polanski film starring Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway. Um, Let's have a look at the trailer for that. This is exciting. This is... Los Angeles, 1937. There are lots of guys like J.J. Gittes. They're easy to find if you want to find them. Mr. Gittes, have we ever met? Well, no. Never? Never. Since you agree with me that we've never met before, you must also agree with me that I've never hired you to do anything, certainly not spy on my husband. I don't get tough with anyone, Mr. Gittes. My lawyer does. You do your job. And sometimes you find the answers to questions that should never be asked. Or you find out what happens to people who ask them. Hold it there, kitty cat. You're a very nosy fella, kitty cat, huh? You know what happens to a nosy fella? I dislike the word cheat. Did you have affairs? Mr. Giddies. Did he know about it? you when your husband died you were seeing someone too for very long i don't see anyone for very long mr giddies it's difficult for me mr giddies you're dealing with a disturbed woman who just lost her husband i don't want to take an advantage of
Jack Nicholson and Faye Dunaway in a Robert Evans production of a Roman Polanski film, Chinatown. So, Darren, had, have you seen this movie before? I may have seen this movie before, possibly several times. Yeah, I I actually had seen this movie, but I but I had forgotten about it, Darren. <laughs> Luckily, because though, it's the... Chinatown. <laughs> yeah, but um, it is. It's a, I miss those old style trailers. It's not. Sake, Darren. <laughs> Stepped all over that. Go ahead. I've seen I've I've seen this movie before, but I forgot about it because it's Chinatown. But yeah, I, I do miss these old style nineteen uh, seventies movie trailers, complete with voiceover explaining exactly what you see. Lots of meaningless shots. Forget about it, Darren. It's Chinatown. All right, all right, all right. With that in mind, then, we'll be back next week talking about Chinatown, <laughs> written by Robert Town, um, which is great, um, and also directed by Roman Polanski, which I'm sure will be something that we won't have any controversial oh, no, opinions. No, no, no. I'm, 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 I'm stopping you. I, 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 do, I, I do enjoy those old trailers, too. All right. There's, some, um, there's something very artful about them. There is, and I kind of miss that a little bit. But uh, anyway, um, you can follow The 250 uh, on Twitter at at the 250 you can hear us on iTunes, on Stitcher. Um, you can follow me at Darren underscore Mooney. You can follow Andrew at... A-Q-U-I-N-N-I-U-Q-A. See you next week, guys. See you. Bye. <laughs>